Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, Dumb Nation. Dumb Nation, this is the Don't Unfriend Me. It's good to have you here tonight. This is Breaking Truth. A little bit different than the Don't Unfriend Me show. It's just a little bit more condensed and a little more relaxed. But either way, tonight we're talking about something not so relaxing, toxic masculinity, an amazing video of a World Series slash divisional match of 11 to 14-year-olds playing baseball and something that was incredible, the level of sportsmanship, a real feel-good story. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and what our youth can expect from the role models of today. Is it as much different as it was when we were younger or is it the same? And I probably would say that it's different. We'll find out why tonight. Once again, thank you for watching Breaking Truth. I greatly appreciate it. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me and Breaking Truth. It's good to have you here tonight for episode 14. Let's get into it right away. Do me a favor, throw me a like, follow, and share at the Don't Unfriend Me show. I would appreciate it. You can find me all over social media. I was surfing the internet today and perusing and looking around. I've also been working with my son. My son wants to be a Navy SEAL. That's what he says he wants to do. So I've planned out the course of action to have him talk to a few friends. Also watch Class 234 go through it, a document that series that was on the History Channel or Discovery, I believe, that I watched before uh, in my past, and I always thought it was quite interesting. And my son, with with very large eyes, is trying to discover what he is going to be and who he is going to be when he's a man. If he decides to join the teams, he'll be on the right track. But I also understand that that's not necessarily the easiest course of action, and he may change. But my job as a father is to give him a healthy dose of reality and support. In this video, found something truly inspiring that took place, something you don't see often anymore. Give it a watch. Texas East playing Oklahoma. Texas, go get them. This is probably 10, 11 to 14 year old bracket. Kids are just learning their own strength. They're throwing the ball faster, a little bit more intense, hitting it harder than ever before. And there obviously is risk of injuries. injury. The pitcher, Let's one go, and unfortunately, it beams the batter in the head. The pitcher obviously didn't mean to, and we'll see in the video what happens from here. Listen closely. Oh, look out.
Immediately, you hear a coach or a father yell out, Josh, as in disappointment. Now, as, as a dad, my first reaction would be to call it out and scold my son and, or if I was the coach, the pitcher, because you don't want anyone thinking that you just told your pitcher to headhunt a kid because you're simply one run ahead in the game. But this isn't what happened. It was a mistake. And what I have to give the credit, give credit for for the coach or the father who's involved is simply letting everything play out. Let Josh deal with the emotions of hitting a kid that he didn't mean to. Allowing the batter to brush himself off and get up. And everyone's taking a second and let the situation play out. Of course it's dangerous. Of course something could be wrong. But overreacting and having this moment surpassed with emotion where there's already enough involved in the situation is not a good idea. And then the batter does something completely unexpected. Walking from first base, leaving first base, where obviously an out could take place very quickly if first base has the ball or the pitcher has the ball, but the pitcher's distraught. Josh has his head down, he's emotional, and he's crying. And this is what sportsmanship is all about. So this is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look at me. Look at me. You're all right. Amazing. You're all right. Look at me. Hey, look, look. If we wait long enough, kids will figure it out. I know that when I was younger, I always wanted my father to rush out if I was hurt. And then after some time, he would stand back at arm's length and allow me to go through those emotions myself. And my mother was unrelenting in trying to get around my dad's gaze, but mom got to step back as well and as parents we've had to learn how to discipline ourselves to do the same thing so much happened here that we can uncover and talk about in just a few short minutes let's start talking about it now when we take a look at something like the words toxic masculinity in itself it is toxic because it's really a mott and bailey doctrine remember this picture a Mott and Bailey doctrine is where you make a lot of outlandish arguments that nobody would agree with and then, when challenged, retreat and say, no, 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 I'm only saying, insert airtight definition that doesn't really imply their point here, the fallacy takes its name from a medieval castle called a Mott and Bailey, where you have a relatively vulnerable enclosure, a Bailey, with a much more defensible fallback position, a Mott. If someone attacks the bailey, you retreat to the mott until they leave, and then you go right back to the bailey. Philosophy identifies some more popular and contemporary identifiable examples. For instance, when some feminists argue that in order to be feminist, one has to support specific and controversial laws and social norms. But when challenged, they retreat to the mott that feminism just means women are people or something like that. Toxic masculinity is a typical example of this. Feminists will cite men sitting with their knees too many inches apart as an example of toxic masculinity, the Bailey. And then, when challenged on this, say something like, oh no, I'm just saying that men are under too much pressure in our society, the Mott. 
Then, if you agree to that, they'll keep arguing that men sitting with their knees too many inches apart is toxic masculinity. It's about hopping from one foot to the other continuously so nobody can pin down exactly where the sleight of hand is happening in your argument. This is a fallacy so subtle that the people using it often do not even realize what they're doing, which makes it difficult to pin down because in their minds they're being totally sincere. Masculinity is not really a problem in our society. In fact, Many problems attributed to masculinity are usually problems with effeminate men rather than masculine men. These negative traits are often called toxic masculinity. However, more often than not, they are effeminate in nature and only italicized by their maleness. The problem with society is not masculinity nor patriarchy. It's the empathy gap. The empathy gap is a quick or a quirk of human psychology left over from being animals. It makes us accept male death and suffering more easily and not take it as seriously as female death. Both sexes are equally likely to have an empathy gap for male victims. As I often say, 10 out of 10 women dying is a tragedy. 10 out of 10 men dying is a Tuesday. This simple structural error in our society has huge run-on effects. 90% of workplace injuries happen to men and 97% of fatal injuries happen to men. But precious few people actually care about that. They're happy to accept the fact that men take more risks and work in more dangerous jobs on average than women. This is entirely true, of course, but if the genders were reversed, we'd be working so hard to find a solution to have stricter protocols. We would treat the male risk-taking instinct as something to be accounted for when coming up with plans to minimize risk. Not to say we aren't getting better. I do commend the HSE's effort, make no mistake. But there's no male-centric solution for a primarily male problem. Similarly, men are 3.8 times more likely to commit suicide than women. We're talking 75 to 85% of the suicides being male depending on the region. Yet, do you know what the main talking point is? that women attempt suicide more, or that men are bad at asking for help, or that patriarchy makes men kill themselves. It always wraps back around to men being to blame, and that is another symptom of the empathy gap. Talk to most people, and they don't ask the fundamental question of why are people killing themselves. They ask, why didn't they ask for help? They don't ask what factors make men commit suicide more. They shake their heads and be like, stubborn men don't want therapy. Rarely does someone say, well, okay, then we need to come up with a different therapeutic method for men. Does such a thought even cross most people's minds? Does the fact that therapy is female-centric and that media portrays therapy as feminine in nature factor in at all? Men are outnumbered five to one as counselors. You see similar, similarly, similar numbers in psychotherapy, and 80% of clinical psychologists are women. Raise your hand if you can think of a reason men might not seek therapy based on this data. I am just a lowly person, and even I understand that sometimes I don't understand the male psyche. I don't get the catharsis from kinetic destruction, from yelling and screaming, but I understand it is necessary and often do it myself. 
I understand that my male clients who I work with in roofing or in graphic design or even on this show work entirely differently with me than they do with other colleagues. I see it. My attributes impact how people interface with me, no matter what I do. Like, heck, one of my clients found out I have my wife and children, and suddenly I'm an honorable man. Who we are and what we are, it all impacts our work and care. If you see me in the grocery store, I may look like a single guy who drinks beer and watches football all day, and that's far the farthest from the truth. But because I have a wife and children, I immediately have an air of dignity about me or professionalism. Why? There are many more problems that impact men disproportionately, like homelessness and incarceration. However, here is something more insidious. How about problems you've heard about and thought of as female only to find out they're actually 50-50? If I say eating disorder or body dysmorphia, chances are you will think of women or of trans people. The only body dysmorphia that really gets spoken about is anorexia and bulimia. How many people here have heard of the muscle dysmorphia. This is a body dysmorphic disorder that you've all probably seen in young boys, and its extreme leads to the abuse of anabolic steroids. It's an intense body dysmorphia and grief at lacking muscle mass, similar to how anorexics are never satisfied with how skinny they are. These boys are aiming at impossible standards. In reality, when you look at all body dysmorphic disorders, the gender divide is so small. BDD affects 2.2% of males and 2.5% of females in America, yet I bet you could go your whole life thinking it could only happen to women. Here's another one. How about domestic violence? Place your bets. Everyone put them on black, red, or whatever you want. What percentage of men experience domestic violence? Let me tell you, it's about 50-50 or 60-40. Gay relationships have the least domestic violence, whereas lesbian relationships are the most turbulent. However, if you are bisexual, you are at the greatest risk of violence. Additionally, women are usually the instigators of intimate partner violence and also usually the first to reach for weapons. Lesbian and bisexual women have the highest rates for physical violence, rape, and stalking. With all that in mind, think about the Duluth model, where if a man rings for help in a domestic abuse situation, he gets arrested, pioneered by feminists in Minnesota who believed in the factors of power and control, but ignored the 25 other factors at play in domestic abuse scenarios. Think about the utter lack of male domestic abuse shelters. Here's another big one. What about rape? You've all heard of one in five women, but what if I told you men make up 38% of rape victims? Previously, rape was defined as having to be committed by a man. When this definition changed to be inclusive of male victims and female abusers, it went up 500%. 38% doesn't even include FTP, which, if it includes, brings up the stats 50-50. Primary victims are children. By the way, the legal definition erases male victims and obscures data. You know what this is called? Systemic sexism. Not only that, we can take this neutral definition back in time and see the ugly truth. There is literally not enough space or time to discuss the millions of ways the empathy gap has damaged our men and by proxy or society. This is not a fault with masculinity. This is our fault.
Each and every one of us who do not actively fight our inborn and societal enforced biases against men, if you treat someone as an enemy and as a threat, not only do you dehumanize them, but you teach them to fill that role. Do you want to fix society? Then treat people right. We should celebrate videos that I showed you where men or boys are becoming men. It's not that boys don't have a sensitive side. It's not that they don't have the ability for compassion. It's that they're told that they're going to be toxic, that the masculinity is a bad thing, to keep their knees together, almost as we did with women on the bus or in church. It's really ridiculous. When we take away the basic instincts of what makes a man a man, we lose so many other things. You lose protection. You lose intensity. You lose a passion and a drive. You lose a a dilettant. You lose the ability for someone to have a work ethic higher than most. Men do amazing things. They should be recognized for it, not on just a baseball field or not going to the office, but more and more as a society, we should stop subjugating people into hierarchies where it used to be that men were the prototypical patriarch and now men are idiots on commercials and the woman is the intelligent matriarch who knows everything. It's not about equality. It's about a transfer of power from men to women. And unfortunately, it's destroying a generation of young boys. And it's our responsibility to get it to stop. Folks, thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me tonight slash Breaking Truth. I appreciate it. Veteran Crisis Hotline, also a big topic for me every single night. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Please do me a favor. Traumatic brain injury, anxiety, depression, all very real, PTS. Veterans need to start a conversation. And it takes you. All you have to do, if you recognize a veteran not getting the support they need, maybe down in the dumps, whatever it is, please do me a favor. Provide this number. If they won't call, they can call me and I'll make it with them. It is 100% free of charge. It'll never be reported to their duty station. And last but not least, you don't have to be a veteran to take advantage. If you are suffering, From any of the things that I mentioned, pick up the phone and make that call. Folks, thanks for staying a little longer with me. I'm still 100%, not, I'm still under the weather. I'm still not 100%, but trying to get the shows done. I hope you enjoyed it tonight. If you did, give me a follow. If not, give me another chance tomorrow. Stop on by, say hello anytime. I'll see you tonight live. God bless and see you next time.